And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster Deface, bringing you guys another episode. Fun fact, this is actually the 44th episode of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Shout out to John keeping tabs because if he wasn't, um, <laughs> this, this timeline of how many episodes we've uploaded on this podcast line is in the 200 pluses. So it would have been lost a long time ago. But yes, guys, this is the first Practice Makes Perfect podcast of the new year. Um, in- incredible to think that we've been able to keep up this gaming, esports, and just I- general news and entertainment in, in the electronic space um, up for-, for over a year now, officially. So thank you guys for rocking with us, downloading these episodes, and checking in every single week. Um, if you are still pending uh, or looking out for Cafe Colazzo's shop to open up, we are about a week away as of this episode's um, release and download. Uh, roughly January 7th. Give us until about the 15th. We'll have all of our new season blends in store, uh, new branding stuff, and a whole bunch of cool stuff we're working on. And also, if you're just interested in competing in Fortnite, I've been promoting what we're working on, but over at theopenscrims.com, lots of cool stuff happening. So continue to check that out. But with all that out the way, all the house cleaning out the way, let's start bringing in the fellas here. We got Connor and John Rush here as per usual on the mics today. We're going to start off with Connor because Connor is is our infrequent frequent host. What's yeah. up, Connor? Yeah, that's true. But I will say one of my New Year resolutions for this new year is I'm going to make every dang episode unless I am out of town or, will, or actually can't do it. I'm going to be on every one of these episodes that I can because... It's time to keep growing this podcast and making it bigger and bigger and love to do it with you boys. So, yeah. So if you guys don't know, we've been doing our practice server internal restructuring. A part of his new agreement is to actually show up and do his commitment. <laughs> and if he doesn't, he's basically fired. So, uh, John, what's up, bro? Welcome back. No, well, it's cool that he said that, too, because we y'all maybe saw on Monsters Twitter and mine, uh, but we're bringing on guests more in 2024. And that will probably be something a little bit more on the regular side than not. So we're very excited to bring you guys the perspective and value of content creators and esports professionals uh, from around the world and multiple different perspectives. So stay tuned and uh, let us know uh, who who you want to see. And yeah, um, on, on yeah. that on that topic, and I just want to hit a couple of leads in conversations we have going. Uh, just to give you guys uh, maybe an early expectation, and maybe you can provide your feedback to us on social medias. Um, we have folks like Kurt and Kurt who have expressed potential interest um, in that same thread where I put out pretty much a request for proposal for folks that want to jump in. We have even some controversial friends of ours like Arab saying he'd love to jump in. <laughs> Dude, he's been on a dangerous tour around America. Um, he just came back from a, I think, a multi-week trip to Mexico where he went cartel, and interviewed yeah. Yeah, cartel members and put all that video footage up in a, in a wonderfully um, snipped-together documentary. So check out what he's up to. But th- those are just two of the few, um, not to mention there's more like swearing and just other creators. So we're going to be working through a timeline. Um, if someone doesn't show up for whatever re- reason from here until, let's say, the next two or three episodes, we can blame John because, John, you're you're going to be in charge of uh, coordinating the schedule. <laughs> I got it. I already got the list, the, the Google Doc going. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I've been, I've, it's good to see everyone. Well, not see. It's good to be heard by people, and it's good to see you fellas. Um, I'm glad we're back. I'm back in the saddle. Heck yeah. And talk about being back in the saddle, man. Uh, Connors, how's that, how's that rust wipe going? Dude, the first wipe of the new year didn't go as well as expected. Actually, it went so well that the game turned boring that we had to switch servers to make the struggle happen, which is a crazy statement to say, but that's what happened. 
but for rust just celebrated their 10 year anniversary which is crazy and on that wipe they hit one of their all-time peaks of like 190,000 players the most players on the game at once since like 2021 so rust 10 years in is still going up and up and up and i know john loved hearing that too yeah yeah, yeah. i love rust rust is my like when i'm having fun game i don't like create content playing rust it feels like rust feels like vanilla world of warcraft to me when things were hard and inconvenient and 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 loot mattered and you're yelling at people and there's hatred like i feel like without some hatred it, the game is not fun and so our <laughs> christmas wipe these teenagers who were probably off school came over to our base who mind you connor plays with like a cracked out squad of content creators there's about 50 of them they're a zerg <laughs> they are and i play with two a married couple in their 60s and their son that's who my squad <laughs> and we suck we're bad like i would never be good enough to play with connor and so these teenagers raided us and uh, but we 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 got them back. So it was a good Christmas. It was a good Christmas. Good that's, rest that's, Christmas. that's fun. It's always good to see games thriving as well. Not very many titles can say they're approaching a 10 year anniversary peak, right? Like yeah. peaking. Shout um, out Face Punch dope. Studios, man. They're they're doing it really good. And, and, and not, not years, to mention the last time. Like, yeah, the last time we brought up Face Punch Studios, they were under that issue with the Unity, the back end um, yep. engine itself, pretty much. Uh, doing what we call the malicious practices trying to suck their developers dry of dollars so um hopefully since then uh face punch has managed to build their own engine or jump on over to unreal where things are uh, a little, little bit more fair for the dev market but anyway speaking about um fair what's fair what's not fair uh, we have a very interesting topic here you might see in the title uh, nick Merckx is essentially under no, I wouldn't say he's under contra uh, another controversial topic against um, the LGBT community, but instead he finds that he believes he's been blacklisted, blackballed, if you will, out of the gaming community that is the Apex Pro League, uh, mostly due to his views and his stance on the last time he publicly spoke up on the matter, right? And that was a very, very big deal. Um, there are many, many individuals that now believe that Nick Merckx has been one of the contributors to basically anti-LGBT speech or an anti-LGBTQ view, whereas he just outright says, and, and I and I not necessarily quote, but I'm going to sub-quote the video that we saw. He says, hey, man, listen, he's not anti-LGBTQ, but he's also not at the front of the parade, right, trying to lead this thing. It's all he's saying is like, hey, I'm not here to spread hate, but I'm not here, you know, promoting... Um, anything either like i'm i just want to be a gamer and be an influencer in this space and do things in a positive way and, and shed and spread love in a positive light but for whatever reasons yeah it seems like the gaming spaces are now targeting him john well and yeah and in in some context too like this is not just a a, a sad streamer you know who's like oh, i didn't get him. this is not even like the equivalent of like ninja feeling bad he didn't get picked up by like a fncs roster because nick Merckx devotes a, a, a large majority of his time in the space to actually competing at a high level he's had a consistent squad called the tripods it's got uh two other guys from phase uh deeds and gent they've been together for a while they've they've had a lot of positive placings and so um in in, in some of the qualifications and, and different things and so i where he, where i feel like he's coming from is that like you would think someone with his profile and dedication to the game it would be an obvious uh, like 
relationship for the ALGS to try to extend a more formal invitation to get him involved in competitive play. So it's not, again, I don't want people thinking like, man, it's just like some entitled streamer. No, he puts in the work. He's good at, at times. You know, I will say, I think he's been invited to every other season so far from what, from mm -hmm. my knowledge, because I feel like I've seen him streaming true, true, true. It, like every time. So I think every other season he's been invited. But you do have to remember there are open qualifiers. You can take your public team, which is kind of where he started and work your way yep. to the pro league. So he actually has to earn his stripes in order to, you know, essentially sit at the table. Um, in this instance, invites are still going out. This is still a, a pending conversation. But he says that he feels, you know, again, knowing the processes, hey, I haven't been reached out to already, essentially. It's kind of the vibe we're getting. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really sure, like 99% sure they're just not inviting me. And what other reason do they have other than the controversy that he was just recently in in this last year? Um, otherwise, they really don't have another reason. They are a competent, like you said, professional team. And that's what he does. He literally grinds for Apex. He's the reason... I think a big part of the reason the game has a catalyst underneath yep. it when it came down to the, the booming player base and it's, um, you know, recent patches and updates. Yeah. And you are, you're right, Connor. Like even, even last year they were in the, the, um, the 2023, uh, pro league, they placed in uh top, uh, 20, um, each time. And then even just recently here in December, um, they placed second in the, um, the, uh, ALGS, uh, preseason qualifier. Um, one of the one of the brackets, not second overall, but in one of the brackets, they play second. So, so it is a question, like really, like is he being iced out? I will say, Apex Legends definitely feels like a game, um, even more so than Overwatch. That feels like it's very much so trying to cater to the LGBTQ community, and typically anyone that speaks out, um, even a little bit against like that ideology, d tends to seem to not be really given an inch at all. So. And I don't know how how we could ever quantify if that's why he's not invited, but um, I also, I just think it's interesting that he said it though. What do you guys think about that? Is that wise for him to be voicing that? Well, I think Nick Merckx he's already said it multiple times before in the past. He's just doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on his ideology. So I mean, hey, that's who he is as a person. And he's not afraid to show it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting that he he can't have this discussion online without all the news outlets picking it up without it receiving millions of views um, and hundreds of comments. Like the comments are so, you know, um, this or that. There is no one here that kind of, you know, there, there's no one um, voice, if you will. No, there are people that genuinely think that these videos, every time he brings it up, is continued insult, right, to their community, um, to this space, to this type of uh, person. And whereas... Every time you see it, though, on the other side, Nick Merckx is just like, dude, I'm not trying to spread hate. Uh, you know, this is the last thing I want to do. All I want to do, again, is, you know, uh, live and let live, as he would say, and as he has said in these videos. But, yeah, uh, you know, again, every time he speaks out about it, to answer a question, John, is it is it wise? I don't know. I think, you know, gamers, popular influencers like him, I mean, they also know what they're doing. He knows what he's getting into. Right when he brings it up, he knows it's gonna get clipped. He knows it's gonna start, you know, another heated discussion on the internet. So if I had to guess, I mean, he's signing up for it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I wonder if he looks at, you know, I think the most prominent figure that he might look at is like Dave Chappelle, who in his comedy specials makes. Now, to be fair, Dave Chappelle makes fun of everybody, you know, and and the LGBTQ community is one of those groups, and. There's been a lot of outcry, and Netflix has 
not only not backed away from him, but continue to double down. Why is that? Because by and large, it is some of the most viewed content on Netflix. Like his new special called The Dreamer just came out. And last time I was on Netflix yesterday, it was the number one currently watched uh, wow. TV show. And I mean, you're talking about Dave Chappelle. This is what's interesting. Is also a nationally recognized um like from our government artist, he won the Mark Twain Award, which is one of our government's like uh, co comedian writer awards in 2019, wherein it, that special is on Netflix. You're seeing everybody, every celebrity you could think of is there to honor him. And so it's interesting to me that, that, um, that he seems, Dave Chappelle has seemed to somehow uh, maintain public notoriety while maybe holding some similar beliefs to Nick Merckx, uh, but maybe Nick Merckx in the gaming space is, is, is maybe being iced out. Yeah, little little close to the fire, but in that in that same vein, you know, Netflix isn't the only platform, right, that has a stance. We've noticed that Disney had their own stance as well. We kind of talked about how Snow White and their movie received all that backlash, but um, now we have a, a bit of a different story brewing here. As uh, Disney seems to double down in the LGBTQ and kind of these other types of lanes and, and narratives, as uh, they've just done something I think is which is really admirable um allowing the uh, star wars their series uh, probably john is it fair to say their biggest movie franchise is is that fair to say i mean star wars in terms of like intellectual property has got to be some of the like, up there right the, yeah i mean marvel's probably bigger now you know but in terms of legacy and long term i mean star wars is it's huge, you know, it's huge. He's easily iconic. Well, listen, yeah. Star Wars was never once directed by a female, and uh, the next and the latest Star Wars is actually going to be led by a female director. This is one of the new big headlines. Um, but there's a there's a little catch here. The, the, the protagonist is also going to be led by a lead female character, right? So this is almost starting that conversation is Disney doubling down in this woke territory, if you will, because uh, apparently as um, this director has gone on somewhat of a news press tour, um, it's come with all types of different views now. Yeah, it's very interesting seeing how the different, depending on what uh, news outlets probably like beliefs are, how they report something. So for instance, like Forbes, who again, I technically don't know what Forbes believes, but their, their headline on Charmaine Abade Chinoy, I think I said her name right, uh, again, helming uh, the first, you know, uh, female-directed um, uh, Star Wars movie. They're saying that she's being criticized for being woke because she said it's about time a woman directed a Star Wars installment. But what people are upset about is not that she said that. She said that the goal of this film is to make men feel uncomfortable. And it's interesting how this Forbes article essentially leaves that quote out in an interview <laughs> that, that she had with Jon Stewart um and uh man I, I don't know how i feel about that like why you why you want me why you make me uncomfortable i don't know yeah well, that's it's, just it's... that's just how a lot of news outlets are though it's like anything for the clicks or whatever ever makes them look good like whatever side they're on like this is gonna go down a whole rabbit hole what i'm about to say but you know you never know what what uh journalists or publishers are on whose payroll so you never know who's what's being said where so like that Forbes could be in Disney's back pocket and that's why that was said or that's just they for some reason missed that quote but hey yeah and if you guys are familiar with again just talking about different perspectives and, and different journalists and publications and folks that cover uh, this type of media I mean Matt Walsh is someone who obviously is 
again, someone who has his own very particular set of beliefs. He has a following. He boasts a Twitter following of over 2.6 million. Um, he leaned into that that conversation or that piece of the the sentence where she said making men uncomfortable. Um, and he believes that this is going to lead to Disney's biggest flop yet, which is a crazy thing to say, especially when it relates to the Star Wars title, as he thinks that the vocal minority, and I say vocal minority because, um, you know, there there is a lot of people that speak up about these things on socials. But when it comes to box sales, when it comes to um, who is putting the dollars behind the products, um, it has seemed to have worked against Disney in the past. It works against um, what was that other the, the beer brand? Bud Light. Bush? Bud Light. Bud Light. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Bud Light. You know, lost a crap ton of sales when they tried to get into like this political campaign. It just doesn't seem to go well when big blue chip brands decided to put you know political or you know these certain types of personal ideologies to the forefront of the products. Um, it's just a weird combination. Like at what point? Do they go from, you know, trying to influence the world or just be an entertaining platform, right? Or build an entertaining product, right? When you start to blur the lines, that's where we get these controversial topics. Yeah, at what point, at what point did directors and, like, actors and everything turn every interview into, like, a political statement? Yeah. Like, why couldn't the answer just be, I want to make the movie entertaining for everyone. I'm here to make an incredible movie, show, whatever it is. Why does it, it have to be a political statement now? It like, could have been about how big her budget is and like how you know interested she is to take this creatively. But instead, again, there's these these different motives behind the actual film, and that's why it's getting picked up everywhere. Well, and I think I think at the end of the day, like the headline to me should be about the what we're pro versus what we're against. Meaning, like we all pretty much most rational human beings would agree. Man, it's cool that there's a woman. It's directing Star Wars. I'd agree that about time. Like it, it make me go like, hey, why not? You know, like, and I'm sure there's some like good reasons. Like, but maybe women have felt like, uh, like they've been repressed in that in that space, and so it's cool. You know, I have I have two daughters. I'm like, cool, bro. Like Star Wars. Like, and my oldest, who is old enough to care about that, she really like she likes Star Wars. And um, but but to take what is a positive thing and give a negative spin to it, I just don't understand that. And and, um, you know, even for instance, you know, some of the other Disney movies like Little Mermaid and Barbie um, that or, or films that um, that have, um, you know, had some, you know, cultural uh, language did not lead with like like Barbie, for instance, like made one and a half billion dollars is the highest grossing film in 2023 and had some cultural commentary. One of the reasons why I think people accepted it is because Barbie did not the director did not go. We're out here trying to. F people's minds up, yo. We want men to hate it. No, but I think, but, but the, because to me, let the art speak. If, if a man is watching a female directed Star Wars and he feels uncomfortable just by the nature of that, then maybe, like, maybe he, maybe that, that's a, that's, that's, that's okay. A to, that's a him problem. But now you're coming at all men saying, like, yo, we won't want you to like this Star Wars. It just feels unnecessary to me. We want you to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is definitely very interesting. Well, listen, there's a lot going on in in the gaming space and the entertainment space right now. Yeah, again, so 2024 is off to uh, to quite the start here. But just kind of talking about that and doubling down on some of these spaces where uh, maybe uh, you know things can get a little bit more serious and we can start getting the legal involved. Um, we started seeing more action 
uh, and conversation around cheaters in video games. And this is also like a pretty big one. So we're going to we're going to jump uh, and shift gears here. But let's talk about not only how video games have some, some communities, some online spaces have been completely torn down by uh, the over um, infestation of cheaters. Uh, it brings me back to the original DayZ and Counter-Strike days where Anti-Cheat was horrendous. Even Fortnite had their couple of weeks. But John, we, we have something to talk about here as um, there have been legal action taken in the past. But this is something that needs to continue to happen because right now, with the, the nature of esports, all this money flocking in, these big tournaments being hosted, um, is it is is it stealing when when you go in and you know use disingenuous tactics to walk away with some cash prize? Yeah, well, Divinity is the name of the Warzone uh, professional that is you know really at the at the center of all this. You know, Warzone is actually one of the most notorious games for cheaters and. Um, not just regular cheaters, but people who are boasting earnings. And so Divinity, even if you go to his Twitter right now, he boasts $70,000 earned playing the game of Warzone. And during, uh, right, around, right after Christmas, he basically, uh, I don't know how they messed this up, but basically like he revealed that he had cheats. Gets on, on that stream, says, hey, I, hey guys, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Like, I just bought them yesterday. I don't even know how they got on here. Someone else installed them for me. And you're like, what? And then... I think two days, two days later, he gets back on. Um, and just to clarify, cheats, what we mean by that is that it's clear that he has um, software in the game where you can see outlines of players through buildings. Um, and and there's, a lot of, there's a couple of different types of cheats. Anyway, he gets back on stream and starts by flexing all of his money and kind of saying like, hey, man, like, yeah, we're still going to compete. We're still going to do this. No more cheats. Well, Twitch decides to ban him. Um, which a lot of people were excited about. And um, the only thing is, four days later, the tweet reads, first stream on kick. So <laughs> th this is how things That's go. Funny. And a lot of people, to Monster's point, are asking the question, is this not the same thing as stealing money from people? Because you're essentially, yeah, you have a completely unfair advantage. Um. Okay, it's it's hard to say it because you have to be able to verify when cheating actually started, like 100% proof. Because even though it's super messed up, you have to, like, if some of them are legit, some of them are dirty, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but in my head, I'm trying to process it right now. Yeah. To me, this is like, this is absolutely something that you should go to jail for. If you are playing in t cash prize tournaments, and you are cheating to essentially steal money, I would categorize this as like a blue-collar crime. You know what I mean? It would be the equivalent if I went to an investor, right, and I used malicious or um, uh, presented false, if, let's use a company. If I was like, yo, dude, our company's valuated officially at 10 million, trust me, look at our income, look at our books, but that's all Photoshopped, those are fake, and then you buy into me, I know it's not exactly the same, but it is the same. I'm lying to receive funds, right? Cheating, shortcutting. You can do the same thing for a bank to get a loan out. If I just lied, right, every step of the way or cheated my way, that would be illegal. So what's the difference if you show up to an in-game tournament where a sponsor or, you know, the dev or the community funds, you know, raised a, a prize pool and then you literally cheat your way through to take that money? It's like, 
It's fraud, dude. There it is. That's was the that, word. Was it, it wagers, John, or was it actual tournaments? Do you know for sure? No, I, the, um, the, the, the majority of them are, like, a lot of them are, like, turn, like legitimate tournaments and okay. things of that nature. But I think Con what Connor is getting at, though, Monster, is the, is the uh, uh, baked-in excuse, which is that they say, hey, I just had these on for this stream. I was just testing them. <laughs> and, and and there's no way to, t it, as it stands, prove whether or not they were cheating during X contest. The thing I have to ask, though, is why would somebody who can win 25K in Warzone ever need to turn on cheats? I, this doesn't make sense to me. I'm a tired dad. I don't get to play like I used to. When I get in these lobbies, I'm used to frying people, and a lot of times I get fried. I could see how that leads someone like me to put money down to be like, you know what? I'm going to balance out this unfair advantage. These kids get to play more, blah, 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 justify in your head. That makes sense to me. It does not make sense to me that a 20-year-old who does this full-time, who could win without cheats, why would you start cheating? That does not make sense to me. You say that, but then there's been, there's been cases of that. Like Javier will, or Monster will know this off of a Fortnite player, Kez. He was World Cup. He got second place, almost qualified. He was winning tournaments way before. And then he came back like a couple months later, or like a year later, cheating got banned in the middle of a tournament during Winter Royale. And he, he was legit beforehand. Really? Everyone thought he was. Yeah. And then he just came back and started cheating. That is true. And there are, there are plenty of actual pro players that do eventually turn to cheats just due to burnout sometimes. Ah, too. burnout. Okay. I think, yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into it. And we can see for one reason why another someone would definitely cheat, burnout has to do with it. Like, oh man, you know, I don't want to put in the 12 hours every day to maintain the skill level. All of a sudden, they start slipping down eight hours, six hours, and like, oh, well, uh, maybe if I cheat a little bit, you know, just, just, just walls, you know, I don't need aimbot. I got good aim. I just need to see where they're at, right? And then all of a sudden, that's where it starts, right? Um, so I, I think there's a number of different reasons why people cheat. I don't think that changes the fact they should go to jail. They should all go to jail. Should <laughs> yeah. go to jail. I don't know about You're jail, money. But maybe if you get banned from a video game like that and you have earnings, if it's official earnings, you should have to give them back or pay a Bro, fine. If you, something if you, like that. That that would be interesting too. What if? What, okay, maybe maybe not jail time. All right, sure. But a fine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. Or, or for sure, be banned on kick. Like kick. What you are you doing? Ban this kick. It, Kick should ban him too. There should be a uniform platform um, decision to stand up against people like this, right? Teach him a lesson. Uh, but also, it will be kind of what if like the devs, right? Let, and this is kind of going way crazy. But what if there were some type of union, some type of agreement? You even sign up when you sign up onto a platform, you get caught cheating on the platform. Like that game dev can action Twitch to say, "Hey, these guys fine them," and then Twitch takes it out their paycheck. Right, like I think there's a number of different like high level ways that this could be policed. Again, this is going way out into like <laughs> you know theory crab zone. Like, yo, imagine if, but like there's no true punishment, right? The well, punishment is he gets called out publicly. He changes his name, rebrands, and becomes a no name, no face content creator. Starts from the beginning, or sometimes we've seen this happen very often. You just continue on. He's going to issue an apology. He's going to rebrand. He's going to go to kick. He's more popular now than he ever was before, and he'll continue uploading on YouTube, etc. What two, two two interesting things relating to you know out there ways of dealing with cheaters is one something that does happen because of the prolific nature of cheaters on on specifically Warzone is I know people personally like which I guess to Connor's point you never really know who is cheating right but to my knowledge people I have personal relationship with that is genuinely cracked players 
a common thing is that they get shadow banned because of the Nate, how good they are. And because if they're not a big enough streamer like Symphony that's whitelisted, but they're good enough at, at the game, it's common that they get banned and they have to wait multiple days for an appeal just simply because of their level of gameplay. Also, one of the things that Warzone has implemented to kind of your, your, your thought of like exciting things is that when they have identified a cheater, something that is common before they ban them, they take away their ability to open up their parachute and they cause them to ha fall to the ground at high velocity. So basically trying to show to the audience that even if their cheats aren't shown on stream, that, that if this happens, this is why. So a couple of cheaters have been caught or, or put mm. on notice. But again, they're like trying to, just like what you said, they're trying to tell their, 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 their audience, no, it's a shadow ban. It's not real. You know? So it's a very, it's such murky waters, man. It's so murky. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, this is, this is a very big topic in conversation, especially in the call of duty space. There are so many people that have, um, continue to abuse, um, cheats, especially in that space. We see it all the time in Fortnite as well. Uh, but at least in Fortnite, you know, you get to basically cheat for like the first, let's call it the 24 hours as we know it. Um, you, you get on, you, you play the cash cup or whatever, right? They, they cheat their way through. Normally, by the time finals comes around, by the time the prizing is involved, uh, things get actioned against due to, you know, some, some manual intervention, right? Instead of waiting for the bots to step in and um, take action. In Call of Duty, I don't think we quite see that support funnel right, where a tournament's happening and suspicious activity is probably picked up or flagged, but, you know, there isn't no, that live monitoring, right, that someone goes in and bans them in real time. You have to kind of wait for the wave to come around or until they get exposed. So there is a little bit of a difference. And as much as people hate how people cheat, especially in the Fortnite community and, like, air quotes, ruin, cash cups, et cetera, I mean, at least there's, like, bans you can see physically happen. In Call of Duty... I almost feel like you get away with it forever until you get caught on stream almost because uh, cheats have always been a part, you know, mods and cheats have always been a part of that community. Whereas like Fortnite's kind of a new title, right? So it's almost an emerging thing that's happening right now, this cheating culture. Yeah. Or, and we have more, more live events. And when you're playing on not your home setup, you, you kind of get, kind of get brought to the light. Well, there have been, uh, uh, in the past, not to go too off com uh, topic here, there have been folks that have put cheats on their mouse, um, in their keyboards, software, and, and drivers, and tried to install them at LAN. So even LANs are not safe. Crazy. Wouldn't be surprised if someone's already gotten away with that at some event or another. But anyways, talking about esports, more conversations, more um, you know, uh, stuff that's happening in the space. We have a bit of a, an ambiguous topic to talk about here. A little, we, don't, we don't know if there's something here or, or what's going on, but... The Misfits GG Group, um, this is the gaming esports organization known as Misfits, the one that went through that big rebrand to kind of go um, all in onto this new kid advertiser-friendly branding, um, essentially have dropped all of their creators. And when I say all, I mean like, I think all of them, literally every single big headline creator that they had um, unanimously, unanimously began tweeting around the same time, basically... Thanks, Misfits, for having us. Um, our time there, you know, was well spent. And uh, best of luck, I guess, to you and to us as we continue to, you know, our, our journeys in this gaming space. I, I find this to be very interesting, mostly because, like I said, they rebranded their entire business identity 
to kind of pursue this different lane and uh did it did it not work maybe like did they not get what they were looking for that's why they're dropping everyone lowering expenses um i don't know if it didn't work i feel like they were doing a lot of cool stuff with creators but like i saw their tweets pretty often with the bigger creators they had like promoting it and such maybe they had too many or like re they're re uh thinking about like how can we make this this model that we like more profitable and they're going to reintroduce into the future or i mean maybe it did fail i don't know uh, we or, don't know their, we don't know their their financials but I, I was thinking like what if there's a big business acquisition that's going to happen in in a part of that acquisition the other company was like hey look we love what you've built the numbers are there the community is clearly there um shoot maybe even the branding is great right and the clients that you have is are, are great but you're paying these creators way too much there's too much of this going on the expenses are all over the place um if you sell to us how about how about you give us a fresh slate where someone else can come in take the brand and then build it in the way that they want you know new signings maybe less less cost as far as that's involved um because for all we know this could be a big power play Right, we've seen brands in the past kind of do media stunts like this. I think even Phase did it. If you remember back in the day, Phase, even Phase Sway, right? Remember when they did that mm -hmm. media campaign? Oh, yo, left, left Phase, and then he signed a multi-year G Fuel contract or whatever, like the day after or like a couple of days after. He did like this gold black thing, and uh, people hated that he did that. By the way, but we've seen this in esports before. Um, Misfits to me doesn't seem like the type to kind of go like super hard clickbaity like that, but I can see them possibly getting acquired by another business one thing i do want to bring up for everyone that is in the space listening to this you probably heard over christmas and all that the huge drama with the youtube group misfits this is not them this is a separate organization just with the same name just in case anyone was confused what we were talking about here yeah, not copyzilla yeah, yeah. I, I mean i think i think uh answering the question how does an org bring value to a creator and how does a creator bring value to an org obviously we know that it can work um, and there's many cases of that. However, we also have seen that sometimes people don't put enough thought into the nature of that relationship. And when at the end of the day, you know, I think sometimes people think that just because you get views and subs, that that means you're making money. And that's not always the case. And I think that there's a lot, even, even creators who can create attention might not be providing the ROI to a specific brand. And it might just be a mutual parting of ways where, um, it's just better for both. Yeah, well, listen, I think it's about time practice over signed a couple pro players to the brand YOLO. And uh, we, we just become an eSports org. What, what game, if we were to choose a game to become an eSports org in, what, what game, Connor? What do you think? Uh, Counter-Strike's too expensive. Valorant's too expensive. Uh Okay, if uh, no mo if the money was like literally not even a factor, Counter Strike in a heartbeat, really Dang. in a heartbeat. Yo, in we see where his we see where his true allegiance is. Fortnite fam, uh, what about you, Joe? Dude, you tell me mean, watch a if you watch a Counter Strike major, you're telling me, oh my goodness. My thought, yes, my thought is is obviously Fortnite, but we start in a we start in a uh, unexpected path. We find. Um, some zero builds players, and we try to help them uh, become the face. John, of John's fired. Face. <laughs> John's fired. Not even close. No, I, I kind of see where Connor's coming from, and I, and I actually, I think I agree. If, if you think like pinnacle peak esports, like, 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 
I'll use this as an analogy as as an analogy. Like when you see someone walking down the street and he's in all name brand Louis Vuitton or Gucci, like you you can just see like, oh yeah, that guy's in an expensive outfit. I view it like if you have a team in CSGO, right? You're you're that's like the Louis Vuitton, it's like the Gucci of competitive titles. Like not only is it, yes, hecka expensive, but you're at the essentially the cream of the crop. You're 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 kind of up there. You're in the you're in the top line um, of fashion wear. I guess will. if you're I, in the league, you should pick league actually. If you have a league, uh, team, but I'm not into league. Though. I'm not in the league either. I'm thinking from the outside looking team, in. Yeah. I don't know. I don't look at league as like league's the Birkin bag, you know, like all that. I don't know all this cool. It stuff. is though. It is though. It gets the most viewers out of anything. It is. Uh, but as a Counter Strike fanboy, I'd pick Counter Strike. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. I go. I go Counter Strike as well. I mean, it's an interesting thought because, like, the most successful league team, Faker's team, T1, is thought of as a Korean org, but I'm almost positive it's owned by an American. And, and that guy... They're I owned mean, by the owner who owns Comcast. Yeah, and they're smart because Asia, especially when it comes to esports, has a much bigger audience and in, in, in ones that pay more money. So, and, and maybe with Counter-Strike, you tap into Europe, who... who Spends more money. I don't know. It's a good you question. You have to go to Europe. You yeah. have to go to Europe. NA is dead in Counter Strike, sadly. Dang. Take that, FaZe. Yep. FaZe yeah, is man. EU. Take that, John. <laughs> I mean, listen, FaZe, unfortunately, has just had a pretty tough year. You know what I'm saying? FaZe be out here struggling, man. FaZe is out here. Not in Counter Strike. You guys ain't tuned in. FaZe won like the last like four events or something. Yeah, then, I get that, but was, they're still connected. Like, they're still connected yeah, to FaZe, yeah, which FaZe is having issues as a brand. I'm not saying they don't have skilled players, but yeah, they're they're definitely having having some issues. Uh, talking about you know again I issues in the space. Um, there's there's this gamer prejudice conversation happening around the space. Um, it seems like a, a news anchor caught herself under fire. She put her own personal spin on someone's own uh, achievements, if you will. Um, a young player essentially goes in and, and completes Tetris, which is a feat that is basically impossible, unless you can do the impossible, which is get 9,999,999,999 score in the game. You need to get a ridiculous score in the game to the point that game stops counting your points in order to, air quotes, beat Tetris, something that um, someone essentially set out to do, John, and they completed it. But when it was covered, the woman was not happy. She said, uh, basically, you could do so much more with your life. She said, go touch grass. Go basically. Touch grass. She said, go outside, get away from the screen. Yeah, well, ga gamers didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's such, it's such a weird energy that, that in 2024, we have, we have somebody like from a traditional news media outlet, which I guess maybe that's part of the, the problem. You know, it was Sky News which, you know, is a bigger news company and it's kind of like an older woman. Like she kind of looks just like she looks like the mom that would like be tracking your screen time and reading your text messages, like going like <laughs> doing way too much, you know, like uh, but but whose son is also looking at porn on the Nintendo Switch. Like and she's just absolutely out of touch anyway. But I don't know, man. I don't like that energy at all uh, because let me just let me just let me just say this. What is the intrinsic value of her sitting at a desk talking in front of a camera? Well, the value of that is that people watch that and they participate in it. And so to make the point that, that like, what is she saying? That he should go and play, build bird boxes outside? 
Like why? Because like wood and splinter, like no way, man. You you have a much higher chance of making money doing something within content creation and video games than than or at least as much of a chance. Um, it's very weird. I kind of thought this energy was out of the world, but there goes. I don't know her name, but she looks like a Karen, bro, or like a Lucy. Like there goes Lucy from Sky Lucy. News, bringing us back to the days when people would say gaming <laughs> is nothing, dude. Every time I make a dollar, you you guys you guys ever feel this way? Like making any, I still think like if I make even a dollar off of doing something related to gaming, it feels so good. Just from the standpoint of all the people that thought I was a loser. No, I can see that, but hey, I want to give I want to give the kid his flowers. Thirteen-year-old Willis Gibson, that's his name. Way to go, dude! You beat Tetris. No one's done it's it yet in all these years. Way to go, Willis! But uh, from what you said, John, I can't believe I sit here every day and click buttons and make cameras move. Uh, that's still crazy to me. So yeah, I still think that every time I do a show. She's a loser. <laughs> Well, she right. should go touch grass. Hey, imagine that <laughs> she's sitting inside at a freaking studio, being like, "Guys, oh, get outside more, kids, and not be using so much electricity or buttons." What? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I have some opinions on the matter. None of them are really great. Um, is it? It's just one of those things where, like, uh, when when is the the mainstream just gonna get like the, you know that really old generation just has to kind of understand like. This game and stuff's just not going to go anywhere, dude. This is where the advertiser spend is. This is honestly what's in, and it's becoming more and more clear that when you talk against it, uh, it's it's not going to go well for your career. You're kind of out give of it, touch. Give it will. like five more, ten more years, and they're all retired or whatever, and uh, us youngins take I mean, over. I mean, listen, listen. <laughs> Jack Black is old, and he gets it. He's he's in the Minecraft movie. Let's go, Jack right? Black. <laughs> Mario to Minecraft. He knows what's happening. He knows that that just shows you like gaming is is essentially here to stay like it, it they're games are becoming the next movie ips you understand yeah like what why talk, like tetris i don't know how but they could have a movie too if they wanted uh, apparently um i haven't watched it yet but apple tv when they were launching original say, content isn't there a movie they, or a show yeah, it's a show it's a tetris i think it's a tetris movie people have said it's really good yeah the two-hour so tetris that. i just looked it up and 80 um, 80 million dollar budget Huh. Boom. Wait, also, there, there's a Tetris movie. There's a Tetris yes. movie. I, dude, I, when you said that, I was like, I swear I heard about that before. Because the story yeah. is really crazy. Like, I, it involves something about getting the code of the game out of Soviet Russia. Something like that. Oh, yes. Wow. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Quick, quick TLDR. You know those TikTok accounts that are DMCA? Uh -huh. I've seen these clips on TikTok of it. But yeah, the movie is about how Nintendo somehow got the code from the developers that made it. And then they, like, licensed Tetris and put it out before Russia did. It yeah. was something like that. America and also Mark Wahlberg. I think it's called the babysitter or something like that. Mark yeah, Wahlberg, Valor, I watched that. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg has a huge big budget movie out and it features a prominent Valorant scene. Like his son is just straight up in a in like a proper Valorant esports everything. And it's like got is that the HyperX Arena in Vegas. Yeah, this is the like gosh, it's such loser hey, energy, well, man. That that Tetris comment was like totally random, but I I just searched it up. March 31st, 2023, I guess, the movie dropped for Tetris. Um, I can't see anywhere how much money they made. Well, it's on um, Apple TV, so it's not, I don't think it was box office. Uh, okay. But yeah, so Apple, one of the most valuable companies in the world, said this is worth $85 million, a movie about it. So, so hey, Lucy, 
How much money have you? How much value have you brought Sky News? Well, at the, as of this recording, negative one billion because you're a part of the past. Tetris is the future. Shout out Willis. Shout out Willis, dude from Tetris. There no, you go. let's sign Willis, dude, as the practice <laughs> server esports Tetris Pro, dog. We're signing hey, Willis. Hey. Someone bring us Willis, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking. Now you're thinking. That's, that's it. We start in Tetris, guys. It's cheap to get in. The the barrier to entry is nothing. And uh, we could we could create something special. Well, listen, guys, this has been the Practice Makes Perfect podcast, where we do all things esports, gaming, and, and news entertainment. A uh, little all over the place, but I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, with all that being said, let's uh let's start signing out here, man. Let's let the folks at home know where uh they can find you, Connor. Yeah, first that back, you know, a little off the rails at some points, but you know that's what we bring here at the Practice Server podcast. So you know. This is how we do it. This is how the boys, we just talking, vibing. But yeah, you can find me on X at Connor EO underscore. And uh, such, also, such I've passion. been, I've been uh, streaming a little bit now. I'm making a comeback. So wow. and kick. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Connor is streaming. Okay. John, what about you, man? What are you up to this week? Yeah, check out those Connor rust wipes. Um, no, I mean, building, building a lot of stuff. for. It's going to be an exciting year for practice server. Can't wait to be a part. February, March, April, I'm doing a lot of traveling. Um, content's going well. Family's going well. Um, man, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as always, guys, you can send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com or at Monster Deface on all social handles. Find me at those same handles throughout the week. Um, and, and just talking about content outlets, practice servers, TikTok has been up and running. If you are uh, big into that Fortnite content, and also my YouTube channel as well, lots of stuff that we're working on. I have a sponsor stream in a couple of days. So uh, yeah, if you want to be a part of go. that, make a little money in the process with me making some money, you can go ahead and do that. We have a little pop-up tournament that we're going to host in about three days or so. So we'll see you guys then, but don't forget that until next time, practice makes perfect. Peace y'all.